worship God together. And we hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we share this time with one another this morning. Uh, Welcome to our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our our family as we worship God. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. Uh, They're on each row in the purple folders, uh, the maroon folders there. I'd like to ask if you would to take that out and to fill it out. Uh, Give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving to us, your name and address, phone number. Check the appropriate box on there. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, be sure to put your email address on there and we'll put you on our list. It's a great way to keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church. Speaking of what's going on here at Community Baptist Church, let me uh, call to your attention some, some things that are going on here. Uh, this evening at 6 o'clock, we will be playing Bunko, uh, which is a dice game and no money involved. Uh, I know that you can go across the river and play some dice, but we're not going to be doing that. But uh, this is all for fun, all for fun, and it is a lot of fun. And so come and join us this evening uh, at 6 o'clock, and we'll, we'll enjoy this time together. I think we'll probably have some popcorn or some refreshments or something. Bring a snack if you'd like to, and, and, uh, and that'd be good. Something that you can eat and something you could share with others. That'd be great. Um, we are into Epiphany. We had uh, celebrated Epiphany a couple of weeks ago. And the word Epiphany really means discovery, uh, kind of that aha moment. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, oh, yeah. You know? Well, in, in the spirit of discovery, uh, we, I'm in the process of preaching a sermon, uh, a series of sermons in the next few weeks on discovering God and discovering God in di- different ways. And so today we're going to be talking about discovering the bride of Christ or discovering really, I should have retitled it, discovering that we are the bride of Christ. And uh, next week we'll be talking about uh, discovering God in joy. Also next week, uh, please be sure to, to, to make your plans to be here because we're going to be having an ordination service for uh, Matthew North. Uh, we'll be ordaining him into the ministry of deacon, and uh, so hope that you can be here for that. Uh, I hope you picked up a uh, pamphlet as you came in, uh, not a pamphlet, a, a sheet as you came in on the ecumenical service that's going to be held. This is an ecumenical service for Christian unity. Everybody for Christian unity? Okay, good, good. Uh, this is an ecumenical uh, service for Christian unity on Friday. Now, I know there's a little confusion because it says Friday, January 24th, and 24th is Thursday. It is on Friday, uh, the 25th, at Holy Name Catholic Church at 12 noon, and there will be a, a meal immediately after that. So I hope that uh, as many of you as can can come and share that time of of worship and prayer together. Also, uh, I was just told that we're gearing up for our blood drive again on uh, February the 13th, and so if you would like to uh, make an appointment for that, please see Jika, and she will be sure to uh, sign you up for our blood drive on February the 13th. It's great to see everybody here today. It's great to share uh, this time together, a time of fellowship, a time of love, a time of joy, and a time of sharing that love with one another. So let me invite you now to stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord as we share God's love.
That's nice. A little easy listening there. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, guys. All right, as we're, as we're finding our seats, uh, let me invite our children to come down front to, for our children's moment. Miss Mary will be down here. Some of our children are already gathered down here. Where's Miss Mary? I'm coming. Oh, there she is. I'm there coming. she is. Come on down, children. Come down front. We have a lively group today, just let me tell you. I found that out when listening to Sunday school. Um, let's see here. You know what? Dr. Tim's going to talk about faithfulness today, God's faithfulness. But you know what? We've, we've already beat him. Because remember we put together this book in Children's Church. Uh, and on Wednesday night we've been working on this book. So this is the deal, you guys. You guys know... You have a home at home, but when you come in here, this is your home too, because we're all one big family, right? God's family. Well, did you also know that, just like we talked about when we were putting our book together, God is always there. If you have a bad day at school, who can you talk to? Yes. Okay. All right. So this is the deal. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay. We've got to play a game real quick. So I need you five on one team and you five on one team. So you guys stand up in your team. Stand up in your team. We'll see if we can get this done really quick. Come here, Meg. You're a team. You're a team. You're a team. You guys stand over there. You stay right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four. And we'll pull you over to this team. All right. Now, you can't yell out your answers. I want to see if you guys can finish this. You ready? Kevin, you going to help us? You're on this team. You're letting your team down. Okay. You ready? We're going to test if you guys remember how faithful God is. So if you know the answer to this, raise your hand. Okay? Let's see what team does it. You guys ready? All right. In your Bible promise book, some of you made this, some of you didn't, but I bet you can figure out. Don't look, Gracie. You ready? The first verse we talked about, remember we talked about how God promises if he doesn't break his promises, he's always there for you. Our first promise says, my peace I give unto 
What's the last word? What? Team points. Somebody keep points for me. All right. Rachel's got it. All right. Okay, you guys ready? This is another verse we talked about, and it says, He that believeth on me hath everlasting... Nope. Team points. One to one. Woo! All right. Come on. Cheer them on. I tell you what. This side, you guys are for this side. This side, you guys are for this side. Okay, they gave you a hand. All right. You ready? One to one. Ready? This is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5. We talked about this one. Quit looking. I will will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Team point, team point. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she's just keeping score. You girls put this book together. You ready? We're almost done. Oh, Miss Mary's fingers. Okay. This is the book of Psalms. This is from chapters 27, verse 1. You read it this morning? Your promise book? That's good. The Lord is the strength of my close. He gives us what? He's the strength of our No. (laughs) Anybody on this side? Can you help them? Anybody on that side? (gasps) This side got it. Right here, this side got it. The Lord is the strength of my life. You guys have to review your book. All right. I think I skipped one. What do we have, Rachel? Oh, two to two. Okay. We'll see if we can break the tie when we go back to Children's Church. All right. Now, if you are new here, you guys know that you can go back to Children's Church with me, and Kelsey will be back there later. And Kurt will be there with us today, too. We're going to say a prayer real quick. Let's make our circle. Let's hold hands. No, I'm going to read it. I've got a prayer here about faithfulness. You ready? God, thank you for being such a faithful God. We know that you will always do what you say you will do. We know that you will always take care of us as we follow you each day. Help us to never forget to remember your faithfulness. Help us to think about the things you have done for us every day so that you will trust, so that we will trust you more and more with our lives. Thank you for the people here who love us and help us to learn about you. We want to be close to you each day and please help us to do the things we have committed to do this week. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing before we go back to Children's Church. You guys remember last Sunday when you helped me put the list together? Excuse me, come back please. Remember we talked about what we want to do this whole year? All the different things? Okay. Parents, Friday, February 1st is our first Friday fun night. It's 6 to 8 p.m. right here at our church. When is it, Hunter? Friday, February 1st. 
6 to 8 p.m. Jumpy will be here. The Gaga game will be out. Pista. Okay? All right. All right. Walk to Children's Church. We don't run.
Amen. Please join me in our responsive reading titled Home, printed on your worship folder and also on the screen. O Lord, you have always been our home. From everlasting to everlasting, you have been our refuge and our strength, our dwelling place for all generations. You are the sanctuary that called them from all things familiar toward the promise of a new country through stars and clouds and faithful attention to dreams. You guided them through the desert to the oasis of your love. You inhabit the very earth on which we live. With open arms of hospitality, you invite us into your presence. You heal our wounds. You call us to the table and extend our vision to see others who need your welcome. You are the memory of where we have been and the anticipation of where we are going. Though we are not yet in possession of all we have been promised, here and there along the way we catch glimpses of our eternal home. O Lord, you are our home and we know the way that there is no change. For traveling with us, for rescuing us when we are lost, and for calling us into your holy place, thanks thanks be to you, O God our eternal home. Amen.
Today's scriptures from Isaiah, verse, chapter 62, verses 1 through 5. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory, and ye shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall be more termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolated. You shall be called my delight, and his, and his and is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your builder marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Father, thank you for this wonderful but chilly day. We are grateful of your love and sending us your only begotten Son. Jesus shows us your light of peace. We are not worthy of, the salva- of your salvation, but when we have 
an epiphany of the light of Jesus, we find inner peace. Please accept these tithes and offerings as a small token of our appreciation. May the offerings help our missions of this church and its members. Please bless Brother Tim as he delivers your word to us. May we keep your word in our minds, our hearts, and in our words throughout the week. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
You believe that? It's all about Jesus? Yeah, it is. Thanks, guys. Appreciate leading us in worship there. The Reverend uh, Julie Ruth Hart Harley uh, tells about a couple in Manhattan who got married after meeting in a rather unusual manner. You see, they were in an automobile accident, but not in the same car. Um, they, they say that love is blind, but according to a report in the New York Times, Joanna Greenwald really did have her eyes closed when she first met Christopher Masters. And the reason she had her eyes closed was that a pickup truck had just crashed into the back of her BMW, which made her sideswipe Chris's Dodge, which ricocheted onto the median and headed towards oncoming traffic. When she finally opened her eyes, Joanna's car was totaled, and she expected to see the great white light that she was supposed to walk into, but instead what she saw was the man of her dreams. While the two talked at the accident scene, Joanna barely thought about the damage to her car or the the shards of glass in her clothes and in her hair or the fact that she had almost just died. And when her mother showed up in a state of panic, Joanna said, I'm fine, Mom, I'm fine. Now get away from me, now. Her eyes were evidently fixed on Chris. Well, Chris and Joanna exchanged business cards, ostensibly for insurance purposes. But the next day, Chris called Joanna and asked her out. At their wedding reception, the couple did not place flowers or chocolates at each place setting. Instead, they posted copies of their accident report. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm sure that if I were to ask some of you how you met your mate, I would get some interesting stories as well. There are all kinds of wonderful, interesting stories out there. And I'd also get some interesting stories if I ask you about your wedding. I've always said that one day I'm going to write a, a book about some of the weddings that I've done because some of them have been glorious and wonderful. Some of them have been almost tragic, and some of them have been... Uh, you know, interesting and funny. That's the way it is. And there are all sorts of interesting stories out there. In his book titled Hustling God, Dr. Craig Barnes tells about a wedding that, that started out as a, as a real disaster. First of all, the weather was atrocious, pouring down rain, and some of the main streets had to be closed because of flooding, which meant that some of the out-of-town guests never even made it to the ceremony. Also, for some strange reason, about half of the candles on the candelabrum wouldn't light, and the flowers didn't even arrive at the church on time, so the the church's wedding hostess put together something from the previous Sunday's sanctuary flowers, which were way past their prime and had a lovely tint of brown around the edges. The real flowers, now get this, folks, the real flowers showed up about 15 minutes into the ceremony. But that didn't hinder the florist. She just came down the middle aisle while the ceremony was going on and arranged the flowers down front, right in front of the bride and the, and the groom and, and the pastor and all the guests there. It was unbelievable. And you know, there, were, there are usually a few tears at a wedding, but at this particular wedding, 
They weren't tears of happiness. Well, wisely, Barnes made a few adjustments to his uh, wedding message. And he talked about how fitting it was to have an imperfect wedding for what was sure to be an imperfect marriage, just like every marriage. And even as he talked, however, he, he says that he could see the anger and the hurt in the eyes of the bride and the groom. They had worked so hard to get everything right. Nevertheless, the moment they turned and faced each other to recite their vows, everything changed. Barnes says, the groom's eyes filled with tears of joy as for the first time on that day of mishap after mishap, he really saw his beautiful bride. And that's when all of his frustration melted away as he finally beheld the joy of his life. That got her to crying, he concluded, which made me cry as well. You know, there's something about a wedding, isn't there? Whether things are perfect or whether they are imperfect or whether they are very imperfect, there's something about a wedding that touches us. Well, all throughout the Bible, the relationship which God has with God's people is compared to the love that a bridegroom has for his bride. It is the predominant theme in the book of Hosea. In Hosea 2.19, we read, I will betroth you, uh, betroth you to me forever. Well, unfortunately, Hosea's wife was not faithful to him, just as Israel was not faithful to God. But still, Hosea was committed to his wife, just as God was committed to God's people. And that set the tone for this book. The theme of the bride and the divine wedding is carried over into the New Testament as well. It's not surprising that Christ's first miracle took place at a wedding. I mean, after all, he, he did refer to himself as a bridegroom. And the same imagery is revealed in many of the parables that Jesus taught. We are his beloved, and one day we will join him in the great wedding feast. Paul uses this imagery in advising couples about their own marriages. In Ephesians 5, he says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. But then Paul adds these strange words. He says, This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. The imagery of the divine wedding continues all the way to the book of Revelation, to the end of the Scriptures. We read in chapter 19, verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice and honor Him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and His bride has prepared herself. Who is the Lamb? It is Christ. And who is the bride? It is the church. This theme continues right up until the very end. In chapter 21, it says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully adorned for her husband. And, in the, and then in the very last chapter of the Bible, we read, The Spirit 
and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. So in the very last chapter of the Bible, describing the beginning of a new world and a new age, we have this magnificent picture of Christ along with His bride saying to everyone, Come! Come to the wedding feast! Come, everyone who would, and receive what has been prepared for you from the beginning of time. As someone has said, human history began with a marriage ceremony in the Garden of Eden, and human history will end with a marriage ceremony between the bride and the groom, between Christ and His church. But in our lesson for today from Isaiah, Isaiah uses this same imagery of a marriage. And at the time he was speaking these words, Israel was in a very bad way. Time after time they had been defeated by their enemies. They were recovering from exile in Babylon. The land was desolate. Jerusalem was had been torn down. The temple had been destroyed. It was only rubble. And there's a phrase that's often used about the prophets, that they afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Well, Isaiah is in his comforting role here. And this is the word that he gives to Israel on behalf of God. He said, You shall no more be called forsaken. And your land shall no more be called desolate, but you shall be called, my delight is in her, and your land shall be called married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your builder marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. What a beautiful passage of Scripture that is. Israel has has gone through a terrible time. Things were so bad for them that Jerusalem was called abandoned. The land was called desolate. But God had not forgotten them. They may have forgotten about God, but God had not forgotten them. And now a new day was coming. No longer would they be called abandoned or desolate. God would give them new names. My delight is in her and married. Now that word married is important. It sounds a little funny that we would name someone married. But the word is important here because you see, there was there were negative cultural connotations to a woman who was not married in those ancient days. Indeed, a, an unmarried woman uh, was often an, an outcast in those days, and widows lived a very tenuous and uncertain existence. You see, there, were, there was no Social Security in those days. There were no pension plans, uh, no welfare system, and And since women could not own property of their own in those days, if a woman had no family, it was was almost impossible for her to provide for herself without resorting to, to begging or to prostitution. 
And so this passage tells us that at one time, Israel had been called abandoned and desolate. She was like a widow who, who had no one to take care of her. But now her name has been changed to my delight, to married. I will take care of you, God says. It's a beautiful way of expressing God's love for God's people. But why are Israel's problems of any concern to us? Well, here it is. Some of us have gone through some difficult times of our own, haven't we? And for some of us, our name could very well have been called abandoned or desolate. Anybody here ever gone through a hard time in your life? Yeah? Most of us have. Well, maybe we, like Israel, got ourselves in into a bad way because of some moral lapse or some bad decision that we've made. or that, that happens sometimes. Or maybe it was through no fault of our own that we found ourselves in, in distressing times. Life can just be hard sometimes, can it? Things just happen to us. There was an interesting article in Reader's Digest uh, a while back about Stefan and Erika Svanstorm of Stockholm, Sweden. It seems that Stefan and Erika uh, packed their suitcases for a four-month honeymoon in December of 2010. That sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? A four-month honeymoon. That sounds like a great experience. Four-month honeymoon. Except these honeymoons encountered six natural disasters on their journey together. In Munich, Germany, they were caught in one of Europe's worst blizzards ever. Then they flew down to Australia where they, they weathered a, a, cy- a cyclone and they were evacuated and had to spend several days on a, in a shelter on a, on a cement floor, sleeping on a cement floor. Later, still in Australia, they were, they were stuck in a flood and then narrowly escaped a series of brush fires. In Christchurch, New Zealand, they arrived just in time for a 6.3 magnitude earthquake. And then they flew to Tokyo where they survived the earthquake that hit that nation a couple of years ago. Wow, talking about an adventurous honeymoon. Somehow they managed to return to Stockholm with their lives and their marriage intact. And that's a little surprising. But it was indeed an adventurous honeymoon, to say the least. And I hope that none of us will ever have a run of bad luck like that. But but who knows? Life can be hard sometimes. And sometimes our lives can can become so bleak and so hard that we feel like we've been abandoned. Desolate. Maybe you've gone through a time like that when, when your name could very easily have been abandoned. Or desolate. But I hope, I hope and I pray that in those experiences you found what Isaiah found. And that is that God was always with you. God was always with you. My friends, that is what has sustained believers through all time. 
in the good times and in the bad times, we are God's beloved. God has married God's self to us. And God will never forsake us no matter what we do or no matter what our circumstances may be. God is always in love with us. Even though we may feel like no one else is. And God will see us through our times of desolation. I like the way Pastor Daniel Hobbin has put it. He asks, have you ever been to a downtown area that has seen better days where there was once a lot of activity and people and now there's nothing but broken glass and litter? Banks and stores have moved out to the suburbs, leaving behind huge brick buildings covered with graffiti and gang taggings. Uh, it's, it's not just depressing to go through such a desolate place, he says, but it can also be dangerous. But then, developers move in, enticed by low taxes, and before you know it, these empty warehouses turn into expensive loft apartments, and cracked sidewalks are repaired, and flowers are planted, and restaurants and galleries open, and and, and those brick buildings scoured clean of their graffiti. And what had once been desolate is now a delight again to its inhabitants and its visitors. My friends, that's the kind of transformation that Isaiah is promising for Israel. And it's the same promise that God is making for each of us today. If you're going through a hard time, Hang in there. God has not forgotten you. God is always with you. A farmer once had an, an unusually fine crop of grain, and just a few days before it was ready to harvest, there came a, a terrible hailstorm and windstorm, and the entire crop was demolished, wiped out completely. After the storm was over, the farmer and his son went, went out onto their, their porch and the little boy looked out across the field and saw what had been a beautiful field of crops now destroyed. And, and with tears in his eyes, he looked up at his daddy expecting to hear words of despair. But all at, at once, his father started to sing, Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Years later, when that little boy had become a man, he said, that was the greatest sermon I ever heard. My daddy singing that song. So what do we learn from that? Well, we learned that that farmer knew that whatever our circumstances may be, God was not going to forsake him. His, na his name would never be abandoned or desolate, regardless of how horrible things might appear. And that's... That's a grand lesson for all of us to learn as well. Dr. Anton DeWitt tells about an aunt of his in, in South Africa who, who lived a hard life. She had a hard life. Her daughter, two weeks before she was to write her final paper to qualify as a medical doctor, committed suicide. 
Can there be anything more devastating to, to parents than something like this? His aunt and uncle struggled through this loss with great difficulty, as you can imagine, but eventually they worked through their terrible grief and they even regained enough balance that after a time, uh, his uncle was chosen to be an ambassador for South Africa to Poland. But this is not the end of the story. You see, his uncle had taken a group of Polish visitors out on a safari in South Africa. And while they were on that safari, they were standing on the edge of a cliff looking out on this beautiful canyon. And he lost his footing and fell off the edge of that cliff 300 feet to his death. As someone very close to his aunt, DeWitt says that he had the opportunity to see her deal with these terrible tragedies in her life that had left her deeply wounded. And when he asked her how she coped with all of this, her answer was always the same. Only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. Well, my friends, that's the only way any of us cope. You see, life happens. And sometimes great things happen to us, and we thank God for that, and we celebrate that. But there come those times in all of our lives when we feel abandoned, we feel desolate. But that's when God comes and whispers our names in our ears and tells us, You are not alone. In the words of Isaiah, though we may have been called abandoned or desolate, they shall be my delight is in you and married. Married to Christ. And hear this, my friends. Christ is always faithful to be with you through thick and through thin. Amen. We're going to sing number 416, My Faith Looks Up to Thee. And there may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. There may be someone who has never done that, never accepted Christ as your Savior. And... and, uh, and you would like the comforting presence of God to be a part of your life, we invite you to come to make that commitment to God right now. All you have to do is say yes to the Lord. God, I want you to come into my life. I want you to lead my life. I want you to surround yourself around me and love me like a husband loves a wife. If you want that today, we invite you to make that commitment. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to come and unite with Community Baptist Church today. Or maybe your life has been, maybe you felt desolate and abandoned. Maybe you've been kicked in the stomach a few times and And life is just really, really hard for you right now. And and you could benefit from, from a little prayer. 
come and we'll pray with you. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing 416. My faith looks up to thee. May the God of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zechariah give you confidence to live according to God's holy way. May Jesus the Christ give you joy and peace for all of your daily tasks. And may the Holy Spirit guide and protect you from sin and from danger. Amen.